Bless is a new way of thinking about loving our neighbor as a natural part of our everyday life. We do this through five simple missional practices to help our unchurched family and friends journey towards faith in Christ. Begin with prayer. Pray for those in your life who are far from God. Ask God, how do you want to bless others through me? Listen with care. Begin with listening rather than talking. Listen deeply to people's dreams and pain. Listen for evidence of God's work in their lives. Eat together. Share meals and life with those to whom God has called you. Serve in love. Over time, be attentive to opportunities that God gives you to care for others and meet felt needs. Share your story. After building relationships and earning trust, look for opportunities to share the story of how Jesus is transforming your life and the world. Good morning. I forgot that I was supposed to stay up here. So, um, today we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, we're going to be having um, a time to share stories and see where God was at work through the principles of bless that we just heard again. Um, if there's an area where you have blessed someone in your life or where someone has blessed you, uh, we would love to hear those stories. Um, because for some of you, you might just be hearing this, we want to give you a moment to reflect on where those stories are, where you've seen God at work in your life. Um, so I just encourage you to bow your heads and pray with me and just take a moment to ask God where he's been at work. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you use us to bring the ministry of reconciliation to the world. We get to shine your light and show your love. Father, show us where you have been doing that through us and where you've been doing that through others for us. Father, we thank you that you are at work in and through our lives, even sometimes when we can't see you. Uh, I ask that you continue to reveal to us where those stories are, where those places are that you've been at work. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks, Matthew. We really believe that uh, God is present and active all around us and that he can be encountered every day by ordinary people. In fact, we started this church back in 2010 on this dream that, that God still speaks to us. And Jeremiah 29 says that you will seek and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's this promise that God declares through his prophet that he can be found. And, and when we are found, he says, I will be found by you. I will restore you from your place of exile. So we've been in this series, and I'm Rob if we haven't met yet, Rob Jacobson, and I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and we've been in this series about learning what it means not only to be blessed, but to be a blessing and to live as a blessing to those around us. And so today, as part of our teaching together, uh, we want to hear and learn from each other. It's a time to encourage each other and to glorify God. It's a time to be watchful and thankful. And it's, it's not public speaking. So if you have a fear of public speaking, don't worry. It's not public speaking. Now, there will be a microphone that just happens to be out here. But it, look, it's not even on the stage. I mean, it's just out there. And these are your friends, um, even if you're, not, if you're new. Um, it's also not a time for story comparing or people comparing. So if you have a fear of comparison, don't worry. You can just leave it at the door. Um, but it's also not sermonizing or preaching. It's the stories of where God has worked in our lives. But if you do think you have the gift of teaching or preaching, I would love to talk with you. I'm always looking for people to join the teaching team. And so we're going to just be sharing what we've called the God sightings stories uh, where we've seen God work in the past weeks and the past months, especially as it relates to bless. And so the briefer it is, the more people that can share. And sometimes it's called just bearing witness to what God has done or is doing. And if you think your story might be longer than a few minutes, then you might want to consider not going first, because generally if somebody shares this really big, long thing, then everybody's like, oh, I can't do that. So if you have like two sentences, then go up first and then you have no one to compare to, which we're not going to do anyway. <laughs> so we do want to hear, though, how God has been w at work. So since no one likes to go first, I just went first, so you can go second. Okay, my name is Leanne, and I have just a really cool opportunity in my life to um, really have an influence on my 12-year-old niece, and uh, I struggle a lot to see where I'm being used by God sometimes. Like, I feel like, okay, so my niece's name is Lucy, and she's at this cool stage in her life where she's just starting to be open to God and asking questions and sort of figuring out what do I believe and how do I want God to be a part of my life. So I'm getting to speak into that, but I'm constantly feeling like, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? All of those sort of self-doubt things. So the series was super helpful for me to see, hey, like some of this is just coming naturally. It's just coming out of who I am in Christ. And so I had the story is that I came to be with Lucy one day and she goes, Auntie, I had something really big happen in my life, and I can't wait to tell you. And I'm like, what is this going to be? 
and um, she struggles a lot with anxiety, and she was faced with a situation that was producing just a ton of fear for her, and she didn't know what to do, and she was starting to kind of panic a little bit, and she asked herself, what would Auntie do? And Auntie would pray. So she prayed, and she just asked God to help her, and God helped her. He, she felt that um, her stomach relaxed, her heart rate dropped, her breathing returned to normal, and she was like, it was like God was right there with me. So, like, my encouragement is if you feel like, oh, yeah, you're not doing enough or there's shoulds in your brain, like, you never know. Like, I was just doing my thing. I never told her, Lucy, you should pray. But she just somehow knew that's what I would do. So that's my story. Hi, my name is Mary. I'm not going to even take it on. assertive. Um, so I wanted to share with you, um, blessed has been a wonderful thing because it's a reminder of, um, like Leanne said, about the way we want to live. And um, about a year ago, I gave my sister-in-law Jesus Calling and a Bible, and she grew up in Sweden, and they, she had literally never been to church ever, ever. And that's how it is over in Sweden. There's just not a lot of churchgoers. So anyways, I was kind of like super scared to do that. We've been sister-in-laws for 30 years. And believe me, I've never done that before. So but a year ago, I gave her Jesus Calling. And I never heard anything about it, nothing, no big deal, nothing. Yesterday on the telephone, so this is new. Um, yesterday on the telephone, she said, Mary, I'm reading Jesus Calling, and I really think there's a lot of cool stuff in there, and it's true. And I was just like, blow me over. So um, it might be something little, and it might take a long time to get some response, but I can't tell you that was better than a gift. So that was really fun. I don't remember saying I that. Say we had like a month right. Just, just yeah, just right there. That's a perfect spot.
So um, my name is Brad Dahlman. I, my wife and I have three kids. So our middle son is Ben. He is 21 years old. He's gone through some some challenges in the last few months. But he really kind of came away from his faith of God. He grew up with the faith of God, was baptized at age maybe like seven or eight, and really had a strong faith. And then the last five years has really come, gone away from God and really hasn't had God in his life. Gone through some challenges in the last three months. And he just said to us this last week that he's seeing signs of God in mm. his world that are coming back into him. And he feels like the prodigal son where he's coming back. And so it's been, really been an answer to prayer. I don't know what that will mean in the future for him and how that will evolve, but we're praying for that. So that's all my thing. These are really cool stories, and mine doesn't come with a big transformation. I think what was cool for me from Bless is just I can get overwhelmed with, like, oh, am I doing enough? Kind of just similar to what people have been saying of, like, oh, I need to, like, do these things. I need to do big things to make transformation. And so what I really appreciate about this uh, series was just, like, what are some baby steps that I can be taking in just my natural life? And so one of the things that uh, Garrett and I have done, my husband Garrett, is um, wanting to be more intentional with our neighbors. And so we've been trying to uh, build that over the summer of just, like, not going inside really quick or when we see them, you know, throwing away garbage, you know that it's going to turn into a conversation. And it's like, nope, okay, I want to do this. It's okay that it's dinner's going to be a little bit later or whatever. And so we've been trying to be intentional in that way. And so we got invited over to um, – just like a game night that they had, and I even canceled some other plans to go. I'm like, okay, we said we want to be intentional. We're going to do this. So we went over to their house, and we didn't come with an agenda. We didn't share the gospel. But as we were, like, playing games and stuff, they were asking me about my job. And I work in ministry. I work at a small missions college. So they were asking about it, and they said, oh, what denomination is that? And I said, oh, we're kind of interdenominational. So we're inviting to different denominations. Um, and have our core values. And they said, oh, so like Muslims and Mormons and everything can come. And I was like, oh, no, let me clarify. Here's our main, you know, that Jesus is the only way. And so I got to share with them, like, what our core beliefs are at our school. And so, and that's all it turned out to. But it opened up, and then we invited them to a birthday party later. They came. Like, we've invited, opened an invite to our small group. And he's like, yeah, I think I need to get connected in the community. So I just love that it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I got to do this. It was even just me being like, okay, Lord, we want to be more intentional. We didn't have to host the big thing. We just had to be open to going when they even invited. So I, that's just what I want to share is that, I don't, you know, it doesn't always have to feel like, oh, a big testimony. It's just um, I appreciated that it helped me kind of think of baby steps I can take in my life. Um, if we haven't met, I'm Allison. And one of the ways that I think we could all agree we've seen blessed is how we, our church community has come around the Tanaka family. Um, not only, you know, in the last two months, but really, or last three months, but really continuing that. For me in particular, um, being asked to do music at Alina's memorial was an honor. Um, but the one thing that I want to share with that is. Um, just for full disclosure, I practiced those songs about 
30 times. Because <laughs> um, if you've, if any of you have had to sing when you're grieving, it doesn't work very well. So, um, but with the, the be of bless, the begin with prayer, in addition to that, to kind of calm my anxiety, to allow myself to have composure in that moment or those moments of singing and playing, I was, always, I was reminded by my mom to begin with thankfulness. Um, in, in, in a time where um, it could be very easy to just completely let go, I was reminded to begin with thankfulness of who we are and whose we are. Um, and so as we, I think, even just going into this week of thankfulness, to remind ourselves that, you know, we begin with prayer, we begin with thankfulness, and that's just the, the step to get going with, with blessing others. So. That's kind of a good segue. The the deal that I'm that's on my heart is is just how good the uh, small groups kind of are, in that sometimes when we come in the door here and <coughs> we show up and we do our thing and we maybe raise our hands and, and sing and everything, but we're not really having a conversation with people that are in the same boat as us. So, um, <coughs> just kind of a big general overview is that there's a lot of growth that happens when there's individual conversation between individual people that are seeking God, you know. So I just want to encourage you in that. And, yeah, it got me out of a funk that was pretty deep. So, um, you know, I'm sure it can do the same for you guys. So right on. John Schrader and uh, B begin with prayer. So this is about a three-month journey. Um, my wife, um, if you know my wife, she gets up at five o'clock in the morning and doesn't stop moving until ten o'clock at night when she goes to sleep. And so moving and doing. And so she uh, had almost like a disability, disabilitating um, injury to her back. And um, through consultation with our doctor, um, uh, it seemed like it was a route to surgery. And um, they were saying, you know, either uh, two years of therapy or um, half surgery and two years of therapy, and you'll be at the same place. Well, um, we've, been, uh, we've been getting um, second and third opinions, and um, during that journey of almost three months, uh, on a scale of uh, one to ten, um, I think her pain level is at a, a two or a three. And so things have much improved. We still don't know if um, surgery is the route for her or not, but um, you know, definitely see God uh, coming along with his healing hand and um, just removing that pain from somebody that um, not being able to um, move and do um, is a, a very frustrating thing. So um, prayer is powerful, and if you are looking for a place to start, start with your family. Mm.
my name's Jacob, and um, this year, I, at the beginning of every year, I ask God, what are you going to teach me? <laughs> and um, this year, God has taught me what it means to lean on him and trust him and let go of being in control. Um, this year, um, the Lord has led me to be part of a mission team headed to Ukraine at the end of the year. And um, the last probably nine months, I have been in the process of raising funds and um, through many connections, many friends and people like you here at Restoration, um, have been faithful and praying for me and um, financially um, being part of my support team. And um, I am at peace. Um, and it is something that the Lord has taught me over not only this year, but especially through this series called Blessed, that not only are we called blessed by God, but we are called to be a blessing to others, and so thank you. No, it's all good. If you know me well, you know I hate doing this. There's this pounding at my chest to tell me that I should, though. Um, Monday this week, I went to go volunteer at the food shelf. Um, I used to have a route on the food shelf where I would pick up food at Target and drop it off, and then they canceled that route. So I hadn't been doing it for um, probably about six months or so. I got an email um, asking if I could help out with a food truck really early Monday morning. Um, normally, I drop my kids off early Monday morning, but my son so happens to be in play practice um, this month, and so I was able to take on the shift that I normally wouldn't be able to take off. So I've actually, this is the second week that I had done it, that I had gone to Cub Foods with uh, an older gentleman um, who I had had a chance to talk to while we were on the shift because we were... Um, hauling boxes, basically moving large boxes. Um, so it, it was kind of neat because the first week we just got to kind of know each other. He's a Vietnam vet and um, my husband's in the military so we had some similar things to talk about. Um, so we just kind of got a really nice rapport from that and kind of, I could tell, kind of built a trust just the first time around. Then the second time around, um, uh, you know, as we went through the Bless series, I, I was on board with the B and the L and the E and the S and then comes to sharing your story, I'm like, yeah, we'll let somebody else take that one on. <laughs> um, 
but th this time, we again, just because we were talking and we were in the truck for a long time with really nothing else to do but talk, um, we started talking about, I'm not sure, we started talking about politics first, actually, and um, he, he made some assumptions about me, but I think the fact that I'm like a five, six, you know, short, whatever, girl hauling um, boxes, you know, <laughs> heaving boxes gave me some cred with him, so I think he had some judgments of me, but then kind of, anyway, uh, maybe switched them around, so it was a little more trusting in me in regards to talking. And so we started talking about faith, and he said, well, this should be good because I'm an atheist. And I had never really said anything to say that I wasn't an atheist. Some, uh, whatever, whatever conversations we had had, he assumed that I wasn't, um, which that was a, definitely a God thing because I definitely wasn't throwing my uh, faith out there for, <laughs> for him to. Uh, anyway, um, and so we, we had just a really good conversation, just basically sharing our similarities and our beliefs. Um, so we didn't talk a lot about being an atheist, but then he ended the conversation with, well, I just went to church. My wife and I just went to church, and we both left um, tearing up and feeling like it was the place for us. <laughs> so I didn't share my story. <laughs> I, still, I still left that S for somebody else, but... Um, just the fact that we were able to have that conversation and that a lot of our values really aligned. I guess I just um, encourage you, even if that's not in your gifting, just open yourself up for this. Open yourself up for what God has for you. Because again, I shouldn't have been on the shift because I should have been taking my kids to school, but he opened that door. So. Oh, now I don't want to share. That was awesome, Karen. Thank you. We got what? Oh, you're right. I'm not comparing. You're right. No comparing. Thanks, brother. Uh, we got a card um, from Elena's sister after uh, her funeral that says, to the friends and members of Restoration Covenant Church, thank you for your presence during this tragic journey. From holding vigil with Elena at the hospital to joining us at my home as we washed her and walked her to Jesus to our final goodbye at her memorial service, you have all shown me and my family Christ in action. For these acts of service and kindness, I will be forever grateful. May God smile on you as life moves forward and may you know the kindness and mercy that I have seen from you. It's not always about our part in what we share. It's bringing what we have forward. Will you bring what you have that you know might not be enough? That's what Jesus did with the feeding of the 5,000. He asked, well, what do you have? They brought five loaves and two fish. And Jesus, if he's Jesus, I'm thinking he's pretty smart, knew that five loaves and two fish was not even going to be enough for the disciples, let alone for all the people there. And he lifted it up to heaven, and he thanked God for it. And he knew it wasn't enough, but he thanked God for it anyway, and it became 
more than enough. One of the ways that I've seen God at work in this is I've seen people doing that very thing, taking what they know is not enough and bringing it forward anyway. And it's been more than enough in small groups, in prayer, in the ministries here, and as you've been hearing, in the ministries beyond here. So thank you for being a part of it. Hello, I'm going to be reading some scripture today from Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. Then Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, give me my share of the property. So the father divided his, the, his property between his two sons. Then the younger son gathered up all that was his and left. He traveled far away to another country. There he wasted his money in foolish living. He spent everything that he had. Soon after that, the land became very dry and there was no rain. There was not enough food to eat anywhere in the country. The son was hungry and needed money. So he got a job with one of the citizens there. The man sent the son into the fields to feed pigs. The son was so hungry that he was willing to eat the food the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. The son realized that he had been very foolish. He thought, all, all of my father's servants have plenty of food. But I am here almost dying with hunger. I will leave and return to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against God and I have done wrong to you. I am not good enough to be called your son but let me be like one of your servants. So the son left and went to his father. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. He felt sorry for his son. So the father ran to him and hugged and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against you, God, and have done wrong to you. I'm not good enough to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Hurry, bring the best clothes and put them on him. Also put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get our fat calf and kill it. Then we may have a feast and celebrate. My son was dead, but now he's alive again. He is lost, but now he's found. So they began to celebrate. The older son was in the field. As he came closer to the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. So he went to one of the servants and asked, What does all this mean? The servant said, Your brother has come back. Your father killed the fat calf to eat because your brother came home safely. The older son was angry and would not go into the feast. So the father went out and begged him to come in. The son said to his father, I have served you like a slave for many years. I have always obeyed your commands, but you never even killed a young goat for me to have a feast with my friends. But your other son has wasted all your money on prostitutes. Then he comes home and you killed the fat calf for him. The father said to him, son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. We have to celebrate and be happy because your brother was dead and now he is alive. He was lost, and now he is found. Thanks, Kira. We've just heard several stories about how God has been at work in us and through us. And we can start to wonder um, what to do with it. I think God is happy when we're growing in our faith, but I think even more that he rejoices like parties in heaven when people who are far from him come close to him. There was a party in heaven when the guy that Carrie talked to said, we went to church and it was like we found a place where we belonged. 
party in heaven over that. That's what Jesus is saying in this story. And actually, he tells three stories. We just happened to read the last one. The, the first one that he tells is a story about a lost sheep. Okay, this would be like you lose something, but it's not your fault. Okay, sheep runs away. When you lose something that's not your fault, Jesus says the resulting action is to leave the 99, to leave the other things and go and search for the one until you find it. And so that's what happens. Then he tells the story about a lost coin. This is you lost something and it is your fault. It's not like a coin just gets up and goes away. And like the woman in the story, Jesus says the resulting action is you turn on the lights, you clean the house, and you search until you find it. And lastly, he tells the story of a son. And this is you lost something, not something, but someone who chose to leave. Jesus says the resulting action is the father lets him go. Because it doesn't seem to fit with the rhythm of the story, the trajectory. So why might he let him go? And I have to go back to those days in high school and in college when um, I had women say, it's not you, it's me, and leave. And the worst thing I could do is run after them. They had made their choice. And so the father stays and waits. But I think he stays and waits because he truly loves his son and knows that you can't love and control someone. True love is not controlling someone. And I've talked to enough parents of adult children to know that that father is not just waiting. He is staying up. He's praying. He wants to see that son come home. He wants to see that child come home. Now, to prove Jesus' point, we have to notice how he tells the stories, because wherever you hear a story in the Bible, you have to look at the dialogue of the Bible. So notice the dialogue of the people in these stories that lose something and then find something. The shepherd who loses a sheep calls his friends together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep, let's celebrate. Then the woman who loses the coin, when she finds it, she calls her friends together and she says, Celebrate with me. I found my last coin. And even the father who loses the son, the younger son, after the younger son comes back and says, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Could you just, he's going to say, can you make me one of your servants? He doesn't get that far, but he basically says, being one of your servants is better than being apart from you. And the father says, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Give him that sign of identity and put a ring on his finger for authority and put a sandals on his feet for dignity for this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he was found. So the only other dialogue that of someone who loses something and finds it, the shepherd, the woman, and the father, is when the father speaks to the older son. It's just one line, but I think the older son is actually just as lost as the younger one. doesn't look like it outwardly. Outwardly, his behaviors are much more appalling, but inwardly, we hear Kira read, I've been a slave for you. That's how the older son sees his relationship with his father. I'm a slave for you, and all I want to do is go have a party with my friends, and you'll provide the food. Again, away from you. 
And then the father says, my son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. There's, there's no separation. But we've got to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and now he's, he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. See, in each of those dialogues, what we see in the heart of Jesus is that every time someone who loses something finds it again, there's a party. There's a party in heaven and they're inviting people to that party. When we talk about blessed, as you hear these stories, what I hear in people's response in, in what God is doing is, am I open to the person who's far from God? Even if they're different than me, even if I don't know them, even if I haven't spent a lot of time with them, am I open to them? Like Garrett and Amy, am I just moving my life just one little bit this way? Not changing everything about what I'm doing, just moving a little bit this way. For me yesterday, it was God, as we sit at this table around this meal of people that I don't know super well um, that are teammates of my son, could I hear what's in people's hearts? And yet, what we see in this story is that there's always someone who doesn't want to celebrate. And yet, rather than explain or validate the older brother's feelings about this unfair situation, Jesus just ends the story abruptly to punctuate his point. That yes, the sheep and the coin are valuable, but ultimately replaceable. My mom said to me a couple years ago, uh, they're retired, and I... I finally feel like we're at this place where if something breaks and money can fix it, it's okay. And they don't have a lot of money, but it was just, it was interesting to hear them say this. And what it did is it put all these things in perspective. See, people are created in the image of God and he loves them and they're ultimately not replaceable. They're unique and precious to God, even the ones, and especially, I think, the ones that are lost. See, God knows each of us by name and delights in us, even if we choose to ignore him. Humans are created in the mind of God long before they're ever created in a mother's womb. And he loves us so much that he doesn't wait for us to get so hungry that we want to come groveling back to negotiate minimum wage work with God. That's what the younger son is wanting to do. When he came to his senses, he realized he was starving to death because there was a famine in the land. Uh, we should catch the layers of this story there because there's always a famine. There's always something we're hungry for. Sure, it might be food, but I know there's some of us that are hungry for appreciation or recognition. There's some of us that are hungry for acceptance, others for status, some for security or belonging or affection, but we're all hungry. See, I think Jesus told these stories 
in response to the people that were around him. In Luke 15, verses 1 and 2, it says that there were tax collectors and sinners that were gathered around Jesus. Sinners just means irreligious people. And there were also Pharisees, very religious people, and teachers of the law that were muttering or grumbling that this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. It wasn't just the sinners and the irreligious people. It was these externally devoted to God people that were failing to see and failing to bless and failing to welcome those that were far from God. What's your response to that? Because that's why they were grumbling. That's why the older brother is actually offended. When he comes back in from his work, he says, what's going on? I hear music. I hear celebrating. I hear, I hear Dave's barbecue like all over the place. I hear the, the smoke from the meat coming up. And the servant says, your, father, your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has welcomed because he has received, because he's accepted him back, safe and sound. Now, what that seems like is the father just said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. It's like nothing ever happened. And we could see that as unfair. But actually, what the English words safe and sound mean are what in Greek mean whole and healthy. And what in Hebrew mean wholeness, and peace. What he's actually saying is, your father has brought him back in and seen his shalom, his peace, his wholeness brought back, not just physically, but relationally. So the older brother is mad because the younger brother has shalom, has peace, has wholeness, has a restored relationship with his father. That's why he's grumbling. And I don't care if you're an older brother or a younger brother or sister for that matter, or if, you, if you're an only child, it's not about the sibling relationship. If you're human in relationship with other humans and you are being, and you are mad that someone has a restored relationship with the father, Jesus would call you bad. That's what he's pointing out in each of these stories. He's putting a spotlight on what a bad older brother this is in this story and what a bad older brother these teachers and religious leaders are being. So as you take in all of the stories we heard today and just what might God might be doing today, I think where his spirit is landing is what's our response when someone finds restoration with God, when they find a restored relationship with him. See, God just doesn't wait for us to get hungry for something and come groveling back, nor does he send a bad older brother to shame us or should us. Instead, he sends the better older brother he sends Jesus, who comes and searches for us. That's what the older brother should have done in the story. The father is waiting and praying. The older brother should have searched and rescued his brother. 
That's what Jesus does. He comes to us and he seeks us out and he saves us. He takes the needy and the greedy. He takes the outcast and the popular. He goes to those who are young and those who are old. He welcomes them all in. Even the ones that aren't sure if he's the real deal, but they're willing to listen. He wants to see those who are injured and oppressed find healing and justice even if it costs him his life. That's what Jesus has done. He has made a way through his life to bring us back into relationship with the Father. That's the peace and the wholeness and the shalom that we're talking about, that this story is talking about, and I think that's good news. He's the only one who can bring all things back to right again. That's why we named our church Restoration, because Jesus is the one who can restore the things that are broken, and he's the only one. But when we do this, it's not really about whether we do all five of these things every day or even one of these things every day. It's actually about letting our minds and our souls be soaked in the reality that Jesus makes a way for us to have peace with God. A perfect relationship with him? Are we excited about spending time with God the Father? Are we, are we ready to throw a party in heaven when the people that are far from God come close to God? Because if we are, then we're loving what Jesus loves. Human repentance plus God for, God's forgiveness equals party in heaven. So let's celebrate. That's what God is saying in this. I think that's what Jesus is wanting for us. And when we're blessed and we are a blessing, when that penetrates our mind it doesn't just give us peace with God it gives us peace within so when the difficulties and the sorrows and the challenges come our way we have the strength from God to be at peace and actually be peace to others first Corinthians or second Corinthians chapter one says that the God of all comfort comforts us in our sorrows and in our trials so that we can comfort others that's what I think this is saying. And I also think it's saying it's about not just having peace with God. It's about having so much that we share that peace. As you heard, in small ways. Not radically changing your life ways. Just we begin with a prayer. We listen to someone with care. We eat together. We serve. I mean, if we had time, we would look through all of the ways that the father in the story actually did those pieces of blessing. But for today, I think it's just asking the Holy Spirit, do we love what Jesus loves? Do we love when a lost or a person that's far from God comes one step closer? And do we do our part to welcome them? As Carrie really shared just our little part. Just our little part. Encouraging our son in his relationship with God year after year when we don't see progress. Believing and trusting that God is at work even when we can't see it because there will be a famine. There will be hunger. The Holy Spirit is always working on that. I love how the message translation says it. You can count on it. That's the kind of party in heaven that God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. 
So as the band comes up, I would just encourage us to continue to see and ask God to give us the eyes to see how he's at work. Because the ways that we're blessing actually are living out what it means to be restoration, to join with Jesus, to see transformation in communities and in people and in families and in organizations and in our cities. One human at a time, one day at a time. We shine, we bless, we heal, we bring peace. So can we let Jesus break our hearts for the things that break his heart, that move us out of our comfort zone, that might even ask us to share our story, to see like God sees, to see the people that are far, to change just a little bit of how we spend our time, maybe even how we spend our money. So Jesus... We just come before you and we declare that you, God, are the Prince of Peace. And as this holiday season approaches, God, open our eyes and our hearts to those that are hurting and, and those that are happy, but, but truly in need. There's a famine in their heart. God, will you break our hearts with what breaks your heart? And God, will you give us eyes to see like you see? And will you send us out as a blessing, even if we're not sure it's going to be enough? Help us to celebrate like your angels do.